We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to Top Golf Midtown for the Forget All's event. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. We are back with you live here on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show coming to you live from Top Golf here in Midtown as the Forget All's event is wrapped up here, benefiting the Daughters Against Alzheimer's. A great time out here tonight. Hope you enjoyed all the interviews that we had. If you didn't catch our interview with Andrew Jones, we are going to play that coming up at 940 this evening. So really good stuff with the uh, former Braves great uh, center fielder. 404-741-0929 is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Kind of more normal here in the second half of the show, if you will. we got Rankin coming up at 1040. It is our final show for the week. I mean, Dylan did decide to work one day uh, with us uh, this week. But anyway, Odyssey apps how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 9 on the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, of course, hit me up on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. This is your night look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. Pro Football Focus has listed out the early best bets for NFL Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year. So... They give as one of their best bets for the offensive side is Drake London, wide receiver, of course, for the Falcons, at plus 1,200. Their write-up says London is the clear-cut wide receiver one in the Falcons' offense, yet he's got longer odds than some rookies who aren't even guaranteed to be a wide receiver one or two in their respective offenses. London quite clearly can handle a high-volume workload, led the Power Five with 11 receptions per game last season. His ability to run a full route tree was why he was so high on the PFF draft board. Running a full route tree is also a quick way for a player to integrate themselves to a large target share early in their NFL career. Atlanta's quarterback situation is really the only thing keeping London from being a clear-cut favorite here. Well, we'll see. You know, um, okay, let's. I'll, I'll say it. I'll be the bad guy. You guys show me he's going to stay healthy. You know, missed all the preseason because of injury. He was hurt his final year at Southern Cal. Well, he's going to be okay. All right, well. They thought the same thing going into his final year at Southern Cal, right? Got to stay healthy. You know, the, the you know, look, he is going to be their wide receiver one. He's going to be somebody you build around. But you hope that there's not any kind of lingering things where it's a nick here and a little bit here and a beep, bada, boop here and a zip, zap, zoo there, right? Got to stay healthy. You got, I mean, that's the, the whole key. Jim Ross's famous quote is when they asked him, what's the number one thing you look for in a wrestler when you're looking for somebody? And he said, reliability. Right, you got to be, you got to be there. Right, that's what I need out of Drake London. Yeah, okay, it's not a big deal. It's a big enough deal. That he's missed the preseason. It's a big enough deal that he hasn't been on the field to get a look at him and get a little bit. Well, yeah, the kid, I get it. But not everybody comes in the league at wide receiver like they're Jamar Chase and Randy Moss and all these guys. Right? Not everybody does that. Well, I'm going to go through the list of all the guys that that were high draft picks, higher than he was, that had trouble converting. 
So that's my only thing is tell me he's going to be on the field, right? That's that's my biggest thing. So the Falcons, of course, get ready for Saturday. They wrapped up their joint practices with the Jacksonville Jaguars here. I think it went a little bit better than it did with some of the practices against the New York Jets where a lot of reports were that Falcons got manhandled maybe a little bit uh, in different times and stuff like that. But we'll see Saturday. Look, I don't expect, and we'll talk about this a little bit on the show, I don't expect to see any starters. I don't expect to see anybody of high volume or high caliber that's going to play much at all. This is a chance in this final game because you got to you got to make your cuts by Tuesday, right? you got to get an assessment of what some of these guys, and we're really talking about spots 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53. That's where we're at with some of these spots, right? You know you pretty much you're – one through, say, 45, right? It's those last handful of spots that you're trying to figure out. And between the joint practices and what you can get on. Look, I've said I think Felipe Franks is in a tough position. He's probably going to have to play quarterback on Saturday, but I'd much rather he play all tight end and get a better evaluation of him because his stock has kind of come down a little bit, and I question about whether or not he's going to be on the 53. I mean, I think he'd make the practice squad, but – where it looked like at the start of camp, oh, he's a lock to be on the roster. Because eh, he's got to make it a tight end at this point. If, if he doesn't make the roster as a tight end, he's not going to make the 53-man. He's not going to make it as an emergency quarterback. So we will see what happens uh, with all of that. But we'll have the action right here on the home of the Falcons on Sports Radio 92.9, the game, of course. 1 o'clock is pregame with Chris Goforth and Harper LaBelle. 3 o'clock kick. West Durham, Dave Archer will have all of that. And then don't forget, Dylan, a special wade ford show we will start the first wade ford show hugh douglas and myself of course he works with john freaky we will be on from 11 to john freaky on set yep we will be in studio on from 11 to 1 dylan i'm gonna do a quick hit with those guys tomorrow at eight o'clock hugh and freaky so we've got that coming up john freaky so be listening in because you know i'm listen you know i'm gonna go after freaky a little bit right like you know i'm gonna go after what you, like, you, you know, I've already, can you give I've me a little taste a couple, of what you're going to say? Yeah, I can't because I've okay. already got a couple things in my head. I already got a couple gimmicks that I'm, I'm going to pull, right? <laughs> I already got a couple. I already got a couple gimmicks that that I'm going to pull, and you know I got to give Freaky a little bit of you know hazing, right? So uh, eight o'clock. John people. Freaky checking all that out. John Freaky. Yep. Him. Him. Hey, you know I I, I cover the Falcons when Nobus was here. Anyway, uh, let's get to some audio. Let's uh, start with the head coach. Here's uh, Arthur Smith talking about D. Alford really taking advantage of his opportunities. I mean, you're saying he can't do it? No, I'm saying because you're buying in the narratives because he came from the CFL. He didn't come from Alabama. Who cares? Players come from everywhere. Everybody's got the same opportunity. He's taking advantage of every opportunity. And he's translated everything he's done offseason on the practice field, and he's shown up so far in games. And uh, excited to see where it goes. He's done everything you could ask for him, right, to try to make this club, right? I, I give him credit, right? He's done all kinds of things in training camp, in preseason games. He's done pretty much everything they've asked him to do. I definitely could see him making the 53-man roster. Here's Arthur talking about every player should feel Saturday is their first is their chance to make the team. You want to go ahead and just tell everybody it's over? I mean, it's every day it changes, you know. I mean, it's like there's like an ebb and flow. Guys get they come out hot. Fresh legs, first three or four days, maybe flash a little bit in your first mock game or whatever you want to call it, scrimmage. And then as the camp goes on, is 
You know, so you had these hot takes early on. It's just the long, slow and steady. And you, the hardest thing is to be objective, take everything in perspective. So everything that we do matters. Certainly it's a very important game for a lot of guys Saturday. You know, it's interesting because training camp isn't like it is in the old days, right? I mean, these guys don't do very many padded practices. They don't have two-a-days and all that kind of grind and stuff like that. Now these guys are in shape. They spend the offseason getting themselves ready and all that kind of stuff. And Coach is right. It's a long, look, it's a long camp, long preseason, even without the extra game, that to even get through this first grind, you got to keep it going. Because guess what? It doesn't slow down. Once you get to the regular season, you are humping and bumping your way through. And there are. There are guys who flashed out early on. We just talked about Felipe Franks, right? First two weeks of camp, and he said, boy, he's a lock cinch. Now it's, you know, I mean, now it's kind of like, okay, can he make the club or not? All right, here's Arthur Smith talking about the every preseason, it's time to build the culture. I think it's going to be different every year. I mean, the foundation you're trying to set, I think our guys understand that, what our core values are. I think every year you're going to fight this, whether you've got great expectations or, you know, you're ranked uh, the 35th, you know, roster and coaching staff out of 32 teams. Same, same. you got to go prove it every year. And you want to keep that competition. You never want to get complacent, keep things in perspective. And the good teams improve as the, years go, as the year goes on. Even if you come out hot, it's a long grind. And that's the objective, to keep turning competition, to keep improving, and uh, to be there at the end. Well, look, to Arthur's point, that's not just players. That's coaches. You know, I love Arthur Smith. I love Arthur. I love Dean Pease. I need him to coach better this year. I need him to learn after his first full year as a head coach how to be a better coach, time manage, right, how to use a two-minute clock, how to use your timeouts better, fourth down. You know, that was the thing about Dan that drove you friggin' nuts. Six years in, it never got better. It never changed. You know, the same mistakes that he made year one in his time management were the same things he made in his final year. You have to get, you know, coaches have to get better, too. It's not just the players. All right, let's uh, jump a little bit ahead here. Here's Arthur Smith talking about how it's been a great camp overall. Obviously, nothing's perfect, but very encouraged. I think we've had a great camp. Um, you know, it gives, us op- it gives us a chance as we we, gotta, we we still got a lot of work ahead of us before Saturday and certainly before New Orleans on September 11th. So, uh, please, like I said, I love coaching these guys. These guys work. Um, they're fun to be around. So we'll keep we'll keep chopping away at it. Yeah, look, uh, I think they've had a good camp. Um, obviously, they're they're the national media has very little expectations for this team. I think they're going to be better than what a lot of people give them credit for. I talked about this the other day when I was doing the event over at Mercedes-Benz corporate uh, headquarters and all that, talking with the fans. I do believe in Arthur Smith. I do believe in Dean Pease, and I do believe that they're going to get these guys on track. They won seven games last year with a roster that was not better than it was the previous year. So I'm not telling you they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, but I do think they're going to be better than what the national media thinks they are. All right, let's get to a Desmond Ritter. Here is uh, Ritter talking about uh, how um, how he's improved the most at knowing the offense and being sharp running the offense. Just, you know, a base understanding of the offense and, like I said kind of before, and, and spitting it out in the execution. Yeah, there's still some hiccups, um, but, you know, I, I'm trying to get rid of those um, completely and be able to go out there and, and play flawlessly, you know. Yeah, look, um, that's all part of your growth as being a rookie in the NFL, right? 
is a, a lot of these guys, they get in college, and they run very simplistic offenses in college, right? And, and a lot of it's just spread guys out, chuck and duck it around, right? You don't have to – for a lot of teams, you don't have to scheme your way through anything. It's different when you got Alabama and Georgia, Tennessee, Auburn, Florida, week in, week out. It's different when one week it's Memphis and the next week it's Central Florida and then the next week it's whatever, Tulsa, right, or Navy or whatever. It's different. And some of those teams you don't have to scheme your way through. You can just overwhelm them with talent. At this level, you can't just out-talent everybody. You have to be able to out-scheme them. All right, here's uh, Mariota. Let's uh, let's do 18. Uh, or sorry, not uh, Mariota, but uh, Desmond Ritter. Let's do cut 18, uh, Dylan. Important to put in the classroom work as well. You know, for me, it's just about you know putting in the work, um, you know, off the field in the in the in the, in the you know classroom and yeah. making sure that we have that game plan, you know, almost memorized and studied, obviously inside and out. Um, so you know, a couple of the longer plays, a couple of the nuances we had, um, I gotta you know fine tune in on. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm excited to get out there. Obviously, this whole week has been practice against Jacksonville. Um, but to continue, like I said, to continue to keep getting better on our game plan um, and come out and execute, you know, flawlessly when it comes to um, the execution part of it when it comes to Saturday. Look, everybody physically can play at this level or you wouldn't get drafted and they wouldn't put you on a team in an NFL camp if you physically could. It's the mental aspect of the game, right? That's the big thing. It is understanding that every guy you go against now is the best of the best of the best of the best. All right, let's grab one more. I know we got to get to break, but let's grab one more. I want to hear about the competition with Mariota and how it's helped the team. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, you know, with the competition, and it's a healthy competition, obviously, between me and Marcus, but we're trying to make each other better. Um, you know, we're not trying to put each other down or, or you know whatever you know when I do good he cheers for me when he does good when he does good I cheer for him um, but we just want the best for each other and ultimately the best for the team um, you know that's what we try to do every single day out here is you know not only get better in the classroom but get better on the field as well yeah absolutely and look it's been a good competition Mariota's going to be the starting quarterback when all is said and done out there but Ritter has shown himself well and you feel like if he has to get pressed into duty to try to help you win a game you feel like he's growing and he's developing and he's getting better still got a lot to learn it's a whole different thing when you get into real competition because you know what you're not seeing in the preseason you haven't seen the Boses. you haven't seen khalil mack you haven't seen miles garrett yet right you haven't seen all those guys that are going to come with laser bad intentions on you that what happens in the regular season so final preseason game saturday three o'clock we'll have all the action right here on the home of the falcons Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. When we get back, we'll get to That's Life. We will uh, uh, talk about – I, I want to ask Dylan this because this there's a fad that's going on right now that's all the rage out there. Plus, we'll get to our top ten. want to remind you, too, though, the Big Time Baseball podcast comes out every Monday on the Odyssey app. Cody Decker, Tony Gwynn Jr., and MLB insider John Heyman cover all things around the world of Major League Baseball. Big Time Baseball podcast every Monday on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast from. We are live at Top Golf, Sports Radio, not the game, the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
Back to John Chuckery, live at Top Golf Midtown for the Forget Owls event. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show. Out here at Top Golf Midtown 921, you know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line if you want to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow me at JMSH316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. Don't forget, rank them comes up at 10 o'clock. We are live here at Top Golf in Midtown. The uh, forget, uh, Forgetting Alls event is uh, over with, benefiting the Daughters Against Alzheimer's. Great event uh, out here, so a lot of fun here. <coughs> Excuse me. This evening, if you missed our interview with Andrew Jones, 20 minutes from right now, we will replay that, so get a chance to hear the former Braves center fielder. Dylan, you've got a couple of days left to put your bid in for this 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle card that we've been talking about. The bidding is now up to $8.16 million. $8.16 million for this mint copy of a 52 Mickey Mantle. Well, so I can tell you, you who's not going to bid. You? You're not going to bid on it? I, well, what, what money? Are you Are you well, giving I mean, me a loan, Chuck? You going to no, lend me no, some scratch old? I assume that you've missed so many days that you were robbing banks or something like that because I haven't seen you in so long, and you've gone <laughs> underground. So I assume that you either hit the lottery, you collected an insurance premium, or you robbed the bank because you hadn't been working. I know that. It's only been, been around here. It's only been a week. It's only been a week, Chuck. It's only been a one week. Jar- Jarvis used to take one-week vacations because I used to fill in for him. $8.16 million for a baseball card. That is just insane. That that is insane. Like I get upset if I spend ten or fifteen bucks. Are you on putting a in a bid? Card. No, no. Uh, <laughs> listen, you forget. I, my name isn't Carl Dukes. So uh, <laughs> let me ask you this question, Dylan. So there's a Wall Street Journal article, and I have seen this stuff everywhere. It says the title is "The Latest Innovation in Beer Is Water in a Can," and they talk about these cans of liquid death. Um, they talk about these different, like, the new thing, I guess, for drinks is not beer in a can, but water in a can. Are you familiar with liquid death and some of these water in a can things? I am, I am not. You know, I know, like, they have water in, like, kind of a carton thing, like, just water. Like, I know that's in some, like, different kind of packaging, but water in a can, I have not heard of anything like that. Yeah. This has become the hot thing. Poland Springs has it. Um, my daughter drinks these liquid death because it's sparkling waters. They, if you just if you look at the label and read it, you would instantly think it's alcohol. You would think that, that it's beer or some kind of alcohol, right. but it's not. It, it, it's, it's just water. It's just sparkling water from the Alps and all this kind of stuff. But it's the thing now that dopey millennials – there's a whole line of these. Some are flavored, some are just plain water, and this, that, and the other. Some of this stuff, you know, look, I understand. Like when there's, when there are natural disasters and stuff like that, right, the Budweiser plants and stuff, they convert over to canning up water for people to have an emergency. But now it's become where, like, again, liquid death. You, you hear this liquid death, you think, oh, that's booze or this, that. 
it's water. All it is is just water in a can. They said that sales are going to be over $5 million. Um, that They say that uh, in a survey that's been done, 85% of those who drink these alcohol-free cocktails also drink, but they want something different. And this, this one brand, this Liquid Death, earned $45 million last year in 2021. They are expected to have 300% growth this year and they cost about two bucks a can and they're expecting after 45 million in revenue last year they're expecting a 300 percent increase in revenue this year from cans of water that's crazy from we're, we're from in liquid the wrong death business. yeah right yeah we're we're in the wrong business i just need For to sell canned water liquid death that's a can of, yeah yeah now listen i tried to come up with the concept of Mac and Z water, where Randy and I could take old water bottles and fill them up in the Chattahoochee and sell it, right? I mean, if Dukes and Bell have a beer, I wanted to have Mac and Z water, but <laughs> Randy shot me down on all that, and, and my color printer didn't work very well. Anyway, all right, uh, today is Sean Connery's birth. Oh, by the way, did you hear that Sylvester Stallone is getting divorced after 25 or 27 years of marriage, right? All of his kids are older and gone. Now he's getting divorced. After he was basically just um, put in an article about how he's using like hundreds of thousands of gallons of water over his allot- allotted limited or whatever like that out in California. Now he's getting divorced or whatever like that. So that what's her name? Jennifer Flavin. So he's getting divorced. Today is Sean Connery's birthday, the late, great Sir Sean Connery. So with that tonight, tonight's top ten list, your top ten favorite action movie stars of all time. Dylan, the floor is yours. All right. Well, I'm going to start with my honorable mentions, Chuck. I got a Jason Statham and Vin Diesel as my honorable oh, mentions. Like yes. Yep. And yes. Uh, so to uh, start my top ten again, this is no particular order. I'm going to start with uh, my – I got to start with my Marvel guys, Chuck. Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, so the two Chris's, Thor oh, and okay. Captain America. Yeah. I got them in there. Yeah, I'll, we'll see – We'll see if Chris Hemsworth plays Hulk Hogan too. You know, he was supposed to. Oh, really? Supposed to play Hulk Hogan in a. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be a biopic of Hulk Hogan, and he was tapped to to play Hulkster in a uh, movie. I don't know. If, I think it got. I think it. I think they got to production, and it got. I don't like a lot of these other movies and stuff like that, but he was tapped to play Hulk Hogan in a movie. Oh, nice! I did not know that. That's awesome. Okay, well, I got those two. I also I got to have Sean Connery in there. Late great Sean Connerys in all the action movies, all the good ones. So I gotta he have is the James Bond. He, he is. is the James Bond. Yep. So I got Sean Connery in there. Also got to have uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in there. I mean, you know, from what he did with uh, Terminator and you know um, all the other movies. I mean, he's been in a ton of action movies. So Arnold okay, Schwarzenegger. Tell, tell uh-huh. me the truth. Yes. Tell me the truth. Yeah. How many Schwarzenegger movies do you think you've seen? I've seen most of the Terminators. I've seen uh, okay. what was uh, what was that the other have movie? You seen Total Recall. I have not seen Total Recall. I've seen... Uh, How about Raw Deal? I have not seen Raw Deal. How about The Running Man? Nope, not that one. How about Commando? Uh, I don't think I've seen that. I saw, What was that one with all the other uh, all the other older, like, he was in it with Stallone. Oh, The was, Expendables. Yeah, The Expendables. I've seen the that Expendables. one. Yeah, I've seen that one. But that's, like, later. I, I, I okay. haven't seen many... The earliest like Schwarzenegger movies I've seen is is the the Terminators. 
How about a racer? Nope. <sighs> predator? Like the, the, the predator as in like the, the monster thing? Like alien Conan? versus predator? Nope. Cone, yes, yes, that, yeah, the, the very first Predator movie. Oh, he was in that? Made. Oh, okay, okay, he was, okay, yeah, yeah, he, I was about to say, I he thought was, he was in that he one. In that. Yeah, I saw that one, I saw that one. Conan? Conan, no. you see that? Nah, I know Conan. Conan Barbarian? Conan I know Conan O'Brien. Not, not, right, not Conan O'Brien, no, not, not him. <laughs> I do, rem- I, I do remember twins? seeing, like, little things of Conan, though. What was the other one you said? Twins? Nope. Last Action Hero? Nope. <laughs> okay, continue. Sylvester Stallone, uh, you know. Next break. One of the, yes. one of the, one of the other expendables, Sylvester Stallone. I mean, uh, all the Rocky movies and all that good stuff. So, Sylvester Stallone in there for me. Got to have Keanu Reeves. I mean, The Matrix, John Wick. I mean, just so I mean, and a whole bunch of other one-off movies that Keanu Reeves has been in. Yeah, he's got another John Wick movie coming out here yeah. soon. I think next year there's another the John Wick 4 comes out. Uh, has it, is there only four John Wicks? I thought there were like 80. There are a lot of no, John Wicks. No, but so far there's only been three. This will be number four. Okay. I, th- I thought, <laughs> thought there were a lot more now. I just... Now, you're thinking of you, you're you're thinking of that other movie series. He's in The Mattress. You're thinking of that, <laughs> that one that he's in. Mattress. Okay. All right. I also got Christian Bale on the list. You know, Batman. He, he He's one of the ah. best Batmans ever. I got to have Christian Bale in there. Got to have yes. Christian Bale. Uh, yes, Tom, okay. Tom Cruise, you know, I gotta gotta pay my respect to Tom Cruise and all the Mission Impossible. I, I got I got news for you. Tom uh-huh. Tom Cruise is on my list as well. Okay, he, he's he he is a great action star. Yes, I, the Mission Impossible movies. Um, what was that movie with the three? What was that movie with the three? Uh, oh God, Minority Report, Minority Report, all those movies. He he's fantastic, and and he does his own stunts too. That's the other thing. Oh, about he does. Tom Cruise is that all? Fu- yes, he does his own stunts. I didn't know that. Shout out to Tom Cruise. Yep. All right, I gotta have this guy in here too, Liam Neeson. Been in all that. I mean, he was in Star oh, Wars, yeah. all the Takens. Yes. I'm surprised they stretched Taken as far yes. as they did. I was impressed by that. So Liam Neeson is on because my because the first one huh? made money, right? And you know how the first one made money. So what you have to do is run it into the ground to where nobody ever <laughs> wants to go watch it again. Yep. So if that means the first one did really well. The next 17 of them should do great, right? To the point of, I hate the Taken franchise because at some point he's 109 years old and he's beating up other senior citizens. And at some point it runs out. But I do love the Taken movies. Yeah, yeah. The Taken. I mean, the first one was the first one was really great, but like Taken Two was okay, and then Three was just like, all right, all right, what are we what are we really doing here? So Liam Neeson on the list, and to round out my top 10. Got to have Bruce Willis on there, right? Oh yes, absolutely. Yep. So yeah. Uh, let me ask you. Let, let me ask you. How mm-hmm. many Bruce Willis movies have you seen? Oh, good question. He was in. Um, I'm trying to. Th- I've seen now. I've seen some. Do I remember the names of all of them? No. But I know I've seen some. I just can't necessarily remember the names of them. If that makes sense. Have you seen Die Hard? I still have not seen Die Hard, <laughs> but I know he's in that, obviously. Okay. But I, any of the, seen any seen any of the Die Hard movies? That'll be a new. But I I, about I promise you one movies? one day I am gonna those? see Die Hard. I, n- I have not seen the Red movie. Okay. I seen bits and pieces of the Red. You seen that one? I have seen the Fifth Element. That you one was really good. Element? Yep, I seen the Fifth Element. Okay, Armageddon. No. 
Okay. <laughs> What's your top ten, okay. Chuck? How about The Last Boy Scout? Oh, no. How about The Last Boy Scout? You see that movie? Nope. That doesn't sound like an action movie. Right. Um, yeah, no, The Last Boy Scout is tremendous. Damon Wayans and Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. That it, it, Listen, go watch that movie. That's tremendous. All right, here's what I've got for my list. Um, I've got Sean Connery on my list uh, as well. Of course, I've got Schwarzenegger because I grew up with all those guys. Sly Stallone is on my list. Bruce Willis is on my list as well. I do have Tom Cruise. I think he's fantastic in his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Jason Statham as well, the Transporter oh, yeah. movies. I love, I love the Expendables, but I love the Transporter movies um, as well. Um, Kurt Russell. Are you familiar with who Kurt oh, Russell is? Oh, yeah, Kurt Russell. I remember he was in uh, he was in Guardian of the Galaxies 2. He played uh, Star-Lord's dad. Yep, I remember Kurt Russell. That's what he remembers Kurt Russell from his Guardians. Yep, sure, sure do. Oh, sure do. He's been in a bunch Miracle, of other stuff. Oh, he was also in uh, He was also in Tron. He was, he was in Tron. Tron. Oh, my God. That's the two movies he remembers, Guardians of the Galaxy and Tron. Yep, Tron was good. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, Steven Seagal, or as he's known up there, Steve Siegel. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, are you familiar with him? I am not. I'm, I know you've talked about him a lot, but I, I don't really know who that is. Yes. Yes, go watch, go watch some of his movies. Uh, Kickboxer, um, what is the, um, uh, oh, God, am I just, um, oh, my God, my, my brain, Bloodsport. Go watch Bloodsport. Okay. Go watch Bloodsport. Go watch Lionheart. That's another good one. Go watch Double Impact. That's another one. And uh, anyway, uh, finally on my list, I have, believe it or not, Angelina Jolie. She is wow. fantastic. Wow, okay. Now, I really, like, I really like the first Laura Croft movie. But that, oh, God, what is the movie that she did where um, she was the assassin? Oh, my gosh. Now my brain just went dead uh, it when was, she plays was, the it wasn't, assassin. It wasn't Salt. That was, uh, that was uh, Scarlett Johansson, that was, wasn't Salt's it? A, Salt's another good one. Uh-huh. Salt's a good one. I like that one, uh, too. I like her. Uh, like what she did in that one. Mr. and Mrs. Smith yep. is another one. Gone in 60 Seconds. Is it, the, oh, my God, what is the, oh, man, my brain just went went dead on all of it uh taken no not taken oh man now i now i now i can't remember here i got so much stuff going on over here but i love angelina jolie i, I think she's wanted that's what it was wanted is the name of the movie fantastic movie go watch that out there all right when we come back we had a chance to catch up with andrew jones earlier in the show really fun stuff here take a listen to all of this we'll be back sports right now the game odyssey.com app is we're live from the top golf here in midtown chuck reed we'll be back sports right now the game but if there's nothing shaken, come this here July. I'm gonna roll myself up in a big ball and die. My, To John Chuckery live at Top Golf Midtown for the Forget Owls event on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game back with you on the John Chuckery Show as we are live here at Top Golf in Midtown, the uh, Forget Alzheimer's event benefiting uh, Daughters Against Alzheimer's and uh, a great event to out here from. Uh, for these folks here tonight, uh, raising money to try to benefit the fight against 
Alzheimer's. And we have a very, very special guest with us here as Braves legend Andrew Jones is part of this event here tonight. Andrew, so good to have you here, and thanks for being a part of this, man. Uh, this is a really cool event and having a fun time tonight. Oh, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, you know, I appreciate all the sponsors, all the fans and uh, friends and, you know, good teammates that show up and, and, and support a great cause. Um, you know, I've been doing this for like five years already, and, um, you know, when they approached me with it, um, it touched me very well because I had a couple of friends that that have families that, that, that and that through so, um, when they approach me I want part of it and, and a time to to help and, and you know search great time to research for the how's it going? You've been running around East Lake. <laughs> I'm a little tired right now. Um, I play eighteen today this um, I'm a little tired, but um, you know, I'm a trooper. I'm, I'm going to make it work. Well, let, let's talk about this Braves team because it was a lot of fun. This will pep you up talking about this Braves team. Is one of the, you know, look, nobody could have seen all these young guys, the Striders, the Michael Harris, the Vaughn Grissoms, right? Is one of the benefits of youth the fact that you don't know what you don't know, you just come up to this level and you just start playing? You don't overthink what you're doing? You just go play? 100%. 100%. Because, you know, some, sometimes you don't realize where you're at and you're just in that groove from playing down in double-A or A-ball or triple-A, having a great year, and you're just rolling, and and you're just going to go out there and have fun. And, and especially you get on a team that is on, you know, the team that's playing really good, um, you just go have fun. And um, I'm so proud of all these young kids that's coming up and, and, and doing a great job. Um, you know, it started early. You know, you could have started early. You can name a lot that is already have two, three years in the big league already. You know, the Yakuna, the 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 Aussie, the Swansons, um, Riley. You could name them. You know, all those guys came from the from the from the organization, and you know they were young, and now now they got a couple years in the in in, in the in the league, and three years in the league. They put in a a, a, a right statement for these young kids coming through the minor leagues and saying like you know i play with him you know i think i can be there too so um you know i'm so proud of of um michael and and, and Vaughn coming out and doing what they're doing and help this team win another championship how difficult is the jump to go from double a right up to the majors you have no triple a where you might see more major league caliber players but how tough is that jump to just go from a Mississippi up here? I don't know because I have to go to AAA. Um, only <laughs> went to AAA for like maybe uh, you know twelve cup game, of coffee, right? twelve games, but um, I had to. But you know, you, you talk with with major league players or scouts or managers, they tell you AA is one of the toughest league in in the league playing minor league. Um, AA, you got all these guys that that are raw, that throw hard, they just raw baseball, they just play hard um you know triple a is more like a veteran league you know you got a little older here you got a little young guy that's trying to make it happen but um double a is, is, is such a great league because you know we can see now is a lot of guys that are coming from double a um to the to the major league so um you know I'm, I'm just proud of our organization what we've been doing um you know teaching the kids the right way to play the ball and then they come into the major league and and, and continue to do what they do Andrew Jones is joining us here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game as we are live here at Talk Off in mid event that is benefiting Daughters Against Alzheimer's. It's the Forget Alzheimer's event. So I'm not trying to compare, mm -hmm. but Max Fried and Kyle Wright, those two guys look like aces at the very top of the step. I'm not trying to say it's like anybody you played with or anything <laughs> like that, but I will say I think Max Fried's the best left-handed 
And Kyle Wright at 16 and 5 doing what he's doing. These guys look like they're the next rating of whatever going to be. But two horses at the top of rotation. Well, you know, like, like you know, they're trying to bring it back like it was in the 90s. Um, uh, we have pitching staff. We have pitching staff and good defense. And we would have had maybe two, three, four guys would hit maybe 30 home runs here and there. And um, we got guys driving in runs. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm happy while we got a staff and, uh, you know, this young, young what they're doing. I mean, Max Free, I can't say much what he, you know, what he did all year last year. You know, struggled a little bit. Guys figuring him out, and he made his adjustment and went back and, and shut the team down. So, um, you know, he's, he's learning. He's become a man of himself, and um, you can see what he's doing. And, and Carl Wright, you know, after after that day off, you know, extra day off, we, we gave him. Um, he's out there and do what he, he's supposed to do. I think he's easily going to win 20 games this year. So you were an outstanding young player, maybe the best defensive center fielder the game has ever seen. When you watch a Ronald Acuna Jr. and you look at his skill set and his talent, does it even amaze you a little bit? Do you see a little bit of yourself in him? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, it, he, early in his career, he, he was really out 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 there and, and trying to make other plays. And, you know, I think before he, he told me, he said, I, I, I just want to be a right fielder. I mean, that kid, Mike Harrison, though, a different story he's, he's special he's very special yeah. i saw him i saw him early and you know you know we had discussion when we're going to bring him up or when and you know what i was seeing from from videos and 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 his numbers and and reports um he was ready to come up and I, i'm very happy that we promote him um i think when we got when we when, when he made it made it up to the major league we couldn't see what defense would do with a team and um he show up and after that we went on a good strike is it easier when when you're really good defensively and you've got speed and you can steal bases and things like that is it easier to transition into the majors where nobody's asking you nobody asked michael harris to come up and hit 300 he's just done it but they knew his defense and his speed and ability to steal a base and score from first on a ball hit the wall is it easier to get acclimated when you can do those other things like that i mean i don't know what to say easy but, um, you know, we know he can hit, but I think we didn't call him up for his hitting. We call him right. up for, for save us some runs in the, in the outfield and, and do what he, what, he, what he can do. And, you know, he's doing what, he, what we saw that he can do. And, um, you know, we're extremely proud of him. And, and, you know, you can see we extend him to an eight-year a, a contract. So, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, we want to keep all these young guys together. And I think we can build a big core of all these guys together, and um, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I think a few guys more in the minor league that's on the upcoming, but um, I think I think what we're seeing right now, I think that's it. You know, it's a big core. I think we're going to have them for at least 10 years. How crazy is it to think that Alex Anthopoulos has signed these guys, built this core, Riley, Ozzy, Ronnie, Harris. I mean, he's keeping all of these guys. It, it's not normal to see it like this, right? I mean, you know, to keep all these guys together this young. Uh, I mean, he's a great GM. I mean, <laughs> I think he's a super GM. Um, you know, the moves that he did last year to to get the team ready to go out there and win the World Series was amazing. I mean, I mean, I, I, 
I was in shock when we saw when I saw all the trading, and I was like, "Wow, we need so many outfielders." <laughs> um, but um, you know, when when it when it got together, and I was like, "Yeah, I totally understand that." So now we can move here, move there a little bit. But um, you know, I don't know why he tell these kids. I don't know why he's tell the agents. But um, he's doing the right he's thing. Working, he's right? working, and he's putting the right you know he's putting the right you know right move on the kids, and they accepting they accepting the deals, and um, and they they are great deals. I mean, I would have signed all those deals that those kids <laughs> deals, you know, right off the gate if they offered me at 21, 22 years old. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely proud of the front office. I'm extremely proud of the team. I mean, you know, we, we're building something back, and, um, you know, we were one, one year away from, you know, doing earlier than we did last year. But um, I think by not making it that year before, made us hungry and yeah. I think everything worked out the right way and, and great move that, that the front office did and um, you know it pay off we had a, we have another championship well, in it's funny that you bring that up because I've talked about this that I think one of the I think when you see the Braves they're not just complacent on what they did last year and I think part of that is the young guys I think having Harris and Grissom and these kinds of guys and Strider young guys that invigorate your club that they're hungry so you know while you didn't have a lot of turnover Having those young guys is like that shot of vitamin B12 in your arm, right? Yeah. It gives you yeah, that, that I mean, boost. You know, Harris said it clearly. You know, last year he sat there and watched watch the team celebrate right. the World Series. So now he's he's eager to get there and bring you know bring that to to celebrate that in one more year. And um, you know, we haven't haven't back to back here in a long time. So why not you know the Atlanta Braves again? <laughs> so um, you know, they have the talent. Everything is working. Are they out. better this year? Uh, uh, do you think the Braves are better this year? Uh, well, it may not translate. Say. It may not translate in October, right? Because well, it's hard to repeat. Know, it's hard to say anything. I can tell you after the World Series. <laughs> I can tell you. After but the isn't World that Series, good? I can't tell you. But isn't that good that that's where the measuring stick is back to though? Is is being a championship well, ball club? I mean, let me tell you though. This organization since I've, I've been with the Braves in 1996, our goal when we walk into the clubhouse is to win the World Series. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter if we had a great team or we had a team that was iffy or we were missing peace in there, but our goal was to win the World Series. And every time when we break the camp, Bobby Cox will say, hey, we're building a team to win the World Series. We might have to miss here and there, a couple of injuries here and there, but we will go get guys that can help us. Um, you know, I can remember we, we probably should have won probably more World Series or been to more World Series, but we were missing one piece. And I think what happened this year that – that um, last year that on top was that he made the right moves and went and get the guys that the team needed and, and they produced. When you see Brian Snicker, does it remind you a lot of Bobby Cox? You, you see a lot of that in there? Obviously, uh, well, he was with the organization it, it, forever. You know, I don't, I'm proud of Brian, man. And all these went through, you know, up, you know, from, you know, I'm missing through the whole minor league when I was down there coming through. Uh -huh. Every time I was going to this, he was going a lower A. When I was going to the double A, he was in, in triple A, so he was, I miss him as a manager, but I talk with him, you know, through the years, he's a great man, and I, I can't be more proud of him, you know, he's, he's in a great situation, I won't tell you he's like Bobby Cox, Bobby Cox I think might be a little bit more red ass than him, <laughs> but um, he know how to handle with, you know, the, a, a team and how to get him going. Last thing for you, and we appreciate your time, today. Yeah. thanks for coming out and talking with us here. Austin Riley is really, you know, he's accelerated on the fast track himself. A guy that, you know, was talked about in trade rumors a couple years ago. Now you're talking about maybe 
in the you know maybe second at worst in the hunt for the MVP. How amazing has it been to watch his growth and how he's really become one of the real leaders of this team? Well, I saw Aston Raleigh when he was in A ball when I was going down there and and and, and you know roving around and talk with these kids and you know give them the right knowledge of the game or what I see or whatever. Um, I know what Astrali can do. You know, he was a gold glove third baseman, great arm, and a tremendous power. Um, you know, you can say that when you're in, in A ball, you can see that. But, um, you know, when you get to the major league, you have to make the adjustments. And when he got there, he was, you know, he was all right. But the last two years, he made the right adjustments. And we can see what Australia can do now. It's going to be a fun October. It's going to be a fun. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be another big playoff run. I can't wait. Get ready. Get your I legs can't. Get your legs healthy and ready to go, man. Let's go. I can't wait. <laughs> Andre Jones, appreciate right. it, buddy. Thanks so much for Thank being a part uh, of this event. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.